0: chapter twelve of heroines of travel by frank mundell this librivox recording is in the public domain to the great wall of china when miss seward an american lady traveller was in china she paid a visit to the great wall which is beyond question the most stupendous line of defence that has ever been constructed by the hand of man mule litters were provided for the party as the roads are too bad for horses to travel the conveyance consists of an oblong box in which the traveller can lie down it is hung by heavy solid shafts to the backs of two mules one in front and one behind each litter is furnished with a heated brazier a mattress and pillows fur robes blankets and rugs the traveller was dressed for the journey in a long fox-skin coat astrakhan cap high white mandarin boots and large fur mittens this constituted her daily and nightly attire for some time the rate of progress was very slow and only averaged about two miles an hour THE MOTION OF THE LITTER WAS ALSO VERY UNCOMFORTABLE, AS THE MULES NEVER, UNDER ANY CIRCUMSTANCES, ARE KNOWN TO KEEP STEP. THE CONSTANT JOLTING MADE READING IMPOSSIBLE, AND THE COUNTRY WAS SO BLEAK THAT, IF IT HAD NOT BEEN ENTIRELY STRANGE, THE JOURNEY WOULD HAVE BEEN INTOLERABLY DULL. IT WAS WITH FEELINGS OF RELIEF, THAT THE LADY AND HER COMPANIONS ARRIVED AT THE END OF THE FIRST DAY'S JOURNEY AND PUT UP AT AN INN. THEY WERE TOLD THAT IT WAS LARGE ENOUGH TO ACCOMMODATE ONE HUNDRED PERSONS. IF SO, THE NUMBER IN EACH ROOM WOULD NOT BE LESS THAN FIFTEEN OR TWENTY. THERE WERE ONLY SIX ROOMS IN ALL, AND WHEN MISS SEWARD'S PARTY ENGAGED THE LOT FOR TEN PERSONS, the landlord was speechless with astonishment. Eastern ideas of hotel accommodation are very different from ours. Travellers are quite satisfied to lie down together with their beasts of burden. The rooms of the inn are built round an open court, which serves as a stable for donkeys, mules, and camels. Great freedom is allowed or at any rate taken and often little difference is made between an animal and its master what is good enough for the one is considered to be equally good for the other the windows of the room had been at one time glazed with greased paper but most of it had disappeared the floor was rough pavement which had the appearance of never having been swept since it was laid down, and certainly never washed. The walls and the ceilings were black with smoke. The one piece of furniture was a stationary bed built against the wall. It consisted of a brick platform about three feet high, with an oven underneath, and flues to distribute the heat on this brick bed native travellers spread mats of bamboo and then tucked themselves like sardines in a tin miss seward brought the mattress furs and blankets from her litter and lay down on them after wrapping herself in her fox-skin coat four days and nights very much alike were passed before the great wall was reached at an inn about fifteen miles from the end of the journey a poor man named ping wizened and deformed made his way to them and begged by signs and gestures to be allowed to go with them as guide from his bootleg, he produced a bundle of references and as he was recommended by some navy officers whom miss seward knew he was allowed to join the party the mule litters were left at nankow and the travellers were conveyed forward in chinese mountain chairs these were small seats made of bamboo with low arms and a swinging stirrup for the feet each chair had bamboo shafts and was borne on the shoulders of four strong nimble-footed coolies nankal pass is a wide dark ravine through which mountain torrents have forced their way for hundreds of years on either hand rose bleak grim mountains the sides of which were everywhere coated with ice from time to time the travellers met long swaying caravans winding their way through the lonely defile the camels choosing their way carefully among the heaps of rock and timber which strewed the path at length the great wall was reached and the travellers found that it was a realisation of the pictures they had so often seen in their lesson books a solid granite structure twenty to fifty feet high and really wide enough for six horses to traverse it abreast stretching and winding over the crests of the mountains and over the slopes of the plains as far as the eye can follow and for leagues and leagues beyond the distance broken at every mile by high square watch-towers of defence it was four o'clock when the party alighted from their chairs and ascended the granite stairs which led to the parapet then with curious eyes they examined the mighty fortification and were surprised to find how little there was to see beyond the one great feature the mighty wall which seemed to have neither a beginning nor an end it was dark when the travellers again threaded the pass on their way down and being tired and apprehensive no attempt was made to engage in conversation one by one the chairs became separated and before miss seward was aware of it she found herself quite alone with her four coolie bearers who skipped and tripped along at an alarming rate nor did they pay any attention to the path but hurried over the hills as fast as they could go unable to address them in their own language the lady motioned to them in the most emphatic manner to put her down but this only caused them to laugh in derision and hurry along still faster she tried to cheer herself with the thought that her bearers were taking a shorter path and that she would soon see her friends of whom there was not now the slightest sign. At last they came to a small settlement of a few squalid huts, huddled together, which he had not seen before. These were surrounded by a crowd of Chinese men and boys, who were warming themselves at a large fire of cornstalks one glance showed the terrified lady that not one of her party had arrived at this out-of-the-way place there she was alone at night in a desolate and hostile country surrounded by fierce natives who hated her very race with relentless vindictiveness one after another There flashed through her mind the many stories she had heard and read of Chinese massacres. With little ceremony, the bearer almost flung her chair on the ground and, lying down beside it, engaged in conversation. Hoping to impress them by a cool demeanour, Miss Seward looked at them as calmly and sternly as she could without showing the fear she felt they seemed somewhat puzzled at this and drawing near pointed to her white boots and fur cap which were signs of rank what their purpose was in carrying her off she could not imagine at the worst she hoped they had done so to obtain a ransom one of them pulled off her white overboots and regarded the button boots underneath as an object of great curiosity another offered her his pipe to smoke while a third pulled off her great fur mitten her gloved hand encased in a dark kid was a great surprise to them they held it close to her face and compared the difference of color and could not find words to express their amazement when the brown skin peeled off the lady felt very indignant when her astrakhan cap was snatched from her head and one of the ragged fellows ran his long dark fingers through her hair she was rapidly losing consciousness the result of the nervous strain when she was called to herself by the sound of a familiar voice shouting her name and speaking in tones of authority to the coolies instantly the manner of the men changed from insolence to the greatest humility without a word they shouldered their burden and took the path to nankow as quickly as they could pass along the ragged road miss seward had been missed at the first halting-place and ping to whom she had shown great kindness at once led the way to the clump of huts where she was held captive when the coolies saw the little man they looked very angrily at him and full of fear he took care to keep out of their reach why the lady had been carried off neither she nor her friends could discover fortunately help came before any real harm was done but she says that she did not soon forget the ordeal of these few hours during which she was at the mercy of four powerful chinese coolies ragged and dirty beyond description and unscrupulous in their treatment of the hated foreigner ping received many thanks and such a hatful of chinese coppers that in the eyes of his coolie neighbours he was a very rich man Peking was reached in safety on the fourth day, and the party received a hearty welcome at the American legation chapter twelve